Welcome to Marsha's Plate. This is an interview episode where we talk to friends, family, other community members, and anybody else we want to talk to. <laughs> hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? Hey brother, hey brother, hey sister, hey sister, hey sibling, how are you? How you been doing? Just checking in today. Oh my God, I am so excited about this interview because this is somebody who is such an inspiration in our community. And, you know, you know, me coming out in, in the 90s, there are certain girls that over my lifetime that I just see spark a different kind of conversation in our culture. And this is one of those people. So I want to introduce to y'all to Marsha's play and Isis King. She is a model, an actress, a designer, a beacon of light in our trans possibility models of our, this just this. Uh, I'm just so excited that you are here and okay. I welcome you to Marsha's Flight. Thank you. I feel like we've we've chatted and talked, I think pretty much through my entire career, but this is like our first time really having like a moment. Exactly. So thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here because there are certain people that, is this going to sound shady? You know, some people think they're icons and then some people are really icons. <laughs> but I'll say that. I'll say that. And you are just one of those people that that is an icon to me. Like, I, I just I'm Thank I'm just you. so, you know, it just you you have stood the test of time in your career and have made different pivots and just explored who you are and all your whole being a creative. And I, I'm, I'm just so inspired by that. Thank and you. To get us started, I want you to tell me I know you was born in Prince George, Maryland. Prince George's County, Maryland. Or County, Maryland. I I wanna, which is a DMV area. So mm -hmm. I wanna, I want you to tell me. First of all, there's so many amazing actresses that come out of this area. So when we think about like Taraji P Henson, Henson, um, Regina Hall, Jada Pickett, Wanda Sykes, Monique, Monique. <laughs> you know, it's so many powerhouses in our in in Holly, black black Hollywood that come out of this area. So you know, you're in just a line of that legacy. Tell me your, your, about your family growing up and who who was loving on you and who was a part of your life in your younger years. So I had a pretty supportive family when it came to my creativity and expressing my creativity. Um, my mom, um, I saw her go through two marriages, both unfortunately abusive. Um, but my mom's side of the family, my grandmother's side of the family, um, uh, are the ones that raised me that, you know, that I grew up with. Um, yeah, it was an interesting time in life. Um, I love my family. I feel like, oh, my family's a lot, though. <laughs> I love them. But, you know, after I transitioned, it was really different. I did move to New York to transition um, because I just knew that already like even within the house me wearing mascara and eyeliner was already a problem i was already starting to grow my hair out but that was a problem so i knew 
I needed to move away in order for me to like figure myself out. Like I already knew who I was, but in order for me to have that support. And um, so, yeah, I, I ended up finding a ballroom scene. Of course, I saw Octavia um, when I was in college. So when I knew I wanted to like actually, when I knew I had the gall, the gonads to actually transition, I found um, some ballroom people on MySpace and I moved to New York. Um, to start my transition. So I wanted to do that because whenever I did come back home, I wanted to already be in a place where their ideas of who I should be was already out the door. Like I already, like this is already me. So y'all, you know, y'all can't say anything now. So I remember the first year I came back, um, I remember doing Christmas. At that time we were still doing like the whole, like whole extended family, everyone get together. Um, and I remember that first year, it was what, like 2007 when I first, you know, it was like, they all laughed and stuff. But then the next winter I was Isis King, my cousin or family member from top model. So it was interesting because really quickly every, it like shifted, like I'm the joke to like, oh, I'm. I'm like the hot commodity that all the family members wanted to see, talk to, or take pictures with. So I think my journey was really interesting because um, it happened pretty. Do you have any siblings? I do have two younger siblings. Two younger brothers, sister. Two brothers. Two brothers, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So when that shift started to happen, it started to be like a, almost like a pride thing for them. Like I'm almost like bragging rights. And then how did, how did you respond to that? I thought it was really interesting because you have to like a year is not that long. So, so I just thought it was really interesting, but also I was doing that and just becoming a public figure at the beginning of my transition in general, people around me in general started to act different. So I just kind of internalized it like, Oh, Got it. You know, um, for my immediate siblings, my baby brother, who I just saw um, last week in New York and we got to like catch up and, you know, we're 15 and a half years apart. So I'm kind of like a mom too. Like my mom had me at 17. My grandmother had me at 17. So me and my little brother, we're kind of like, we're siblings, but then I kind of get on him like a parent. So um, because he's going through his own little journey and, and I've, felt like I need to step in. My middle brother, we grew up together. We don't really talk and we don't have a close relationship. Um, yeah, so so that's where we are with that. And my mom, um, I have a really close relationship with her. Um, Sometimes I feel like that's my baby. I sent the way to school. So, you know, it's really interesting as a trans one. I always said like in my family, I think within the kids and the grandkids, and the grandparents, I think I'm the first one. I went to school, I got a full scholarship for an associates. Um, but I think in terms of all of that, like I'm really, I stepped out and like had a different trajectory than everyone else. And it's interesting that like, as a black trans woman, we're expected to kind of be like, you know, they, nothing in a family dynamic. And I'm like the one that like moved away, went to school, like, did all these things and not to say my family haven't accomplished anything but you know a lot of times i'm the one a lot of my family call when they need something and and i had to just with them more recently got to the point where i had to start saying no but 
just think sitting back and thinking about it like wow we're the ones that like people count us out and we're supposed to be worthless and all these things i'm like i'm the one in the family with the status and i think that that is really interesting and kind of a mind fuck too when i'm out here in la on my own trying to figure it out still you know like but then people call and like ask for stuff but like no one's really not saying no one but I don't really have that nurturing thing that comes with it, you know? So it's been, it's been an interesting journey. We usually have to find it elsewhere. We usually have to, you know, like you, you were talking about Octavia St. Laurent and and people that you found in Boston. Usually I know in my life and what I see in other people's lives, we, because we can't get it from family, especially in our younger years, because I feel like they think like it's their job to steer us in the right direction. Well, not just, I think that's culturally. And so if they don't feel like the way we're going is the right direction, it kind of can be like this harsh thing. But once we become successful, then it's like, oh, well, maybe I don't, I, I can let up and be different. So we usually have to find that kind of nurturing and that motherly or fatherly or whatever, whatever we need outside of our family and then kind of come back and they usually get that shit together. Usually. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Who are some of the people that kind of inspired you growing up? I want you to kind of give me some cis people, some queer people, like kind of mix it up for me. So my mom, for sure, um, seeing her, she's the type of person that can have $10 and still stretch it and help other people. I don't like she, that's a superpower of hers. So that's why she's the one person like, I'm always trying to like still help her, you know, because she really has a pure heart and want to help other people, even when she's not feeling good or, or, you know, she's always that person. Um, Storm from the X-Men. I always talk about Storm because she was probably like one of my first inspirations and role models, even though she is a cartoon. Um, When I saw her at seven years old, I really modeled so much of who I wanted to be after her her regalness, um, how she was always a team player and a warrior and a goddess. So Storm has always been a big inspiration. Octavia, of course. Um, Connie at Bumble and Bumble. I, I already started my transition 
But um, I was living in the shelter and I was a part of this program for reciprocity, which actually put me in the background of top model. But uh, before that, they um, had different professionals come in to talk with the students and the students were homeless or at one point or are homeless now. And I was in there. I remember um, Connie, Sophia and Connie, she goes, she goes by both. Um, she came in there and she was this white, blonde, like trans woman. She, you know, big boobs. She had the body. She had these heels with the law. It's like the heel, but like just a piece coming out the bottom, like going bougie. And, but when she came in, I was like, and she managed Bumble and Bumble salons, which is like a really big song in New York. And other than ballroom, like when I moved to New York and seeing like Christina and these, like who was my house mother at the time, that was my first time meeting trans women in real life. I was already on my, like starting my journey. But when I met Connie, she was the first person I met. She was a, like a boss and she like ran the salon and she came in and talked to us and I was like, oh, we can have like careers. And I, at this point I was 21, you know, I started, just started my transition. I don't think I started hormones yet, but you know, at that point you had to like, they wanted you to live a certain amount of time, like a year. I, at six months I started, I was like, yeah, I'm already. But just seeing her, I was like, so in awe with her, her talking to us, like she was a corporate businesswoman, And I'm like, yo, they, I was told when I first started transitioning, like, I, I like the only option for me as a trans woman would be sex work. And is, you know, I feel like that should be an option if that's something you want to do. But I didn't even know it was possible for us to be corporate or anything like that, because that, I've never seen that before. So we, I talked to her and the people at reciprocity told her like, hey, this is Isis, you know, she's a hard worker, like you should let her interview. She gave me a, got me a job at Bumble and Bumble as a receptionist. So none of the people at the salon knew I was homeless. And I would just come there and put myself together. And then I ended up quitting that to do Top Model. Then a few years later, I came back. And then I quit again to go on All Star. So they was just like, you can't come back. And I was like, but just let me take a hiatus. I'm coming back. It was like, you can't keep doing that. But I'm like, you know. But like I had a full-time job with benefits. You know, I was in a shelter, like, but I was getting these benefits. And it, like, I thought like 15 an hour at the time, like 2007, and not having to pay rent and being able to stack my money. I was in a really, for me, a really good place that I didn't even know was a possibility. And that was because it was a trans woman giving me opportunity. And also it widened my idea of the possibilities for us because um, especially to be a black trans woman, I feel like it's a really limited perspective of what who we are and what we can be so to just see someone else i was like oh i could do that too and i also want to encourage people to to know that you could do the same so this was all going on while you were in the top model process no 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 well this happened before top model this is um i was in the back around the same time i was a background extra of top model that's mm -hmm. when i had this job and then um so like around the same time it was like october 2007 and then um, I was working at the salon and the shelter in the background of Top Model. And then I also did a documentary called Born in Own Body on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. But then in March, Top Model reached out and they like kind of harassed me. It was like, we want you to come back and be a part. So I started that journey like April, May, June of the next year. And then that came out the, the fall was when my life changed. 
you were introduced to us as a as a public figure through Top Model. And, you know, I was bit by the top model bug at the time. <laughs> and, you know, as we all were, I remember some of, some of the vivid yeah. images like Joanna House with that helmet, um, Eva Pickford with the spider, spider. Um, yeah. even um, Andrea Curry with the purple and the snake. Like it's, it's certain, oh, yeah. like, certain iconic pictures that still kind of just um, stick in my mind. So this was a huge thing. And so it, I was just so like... Once they told me, once once I'm watching and it it's a trans woman on here, I was like, what? What is happening? What is happening? So I was so, I was locked in, locked in, locked in when you first came on the show. And I remember, you know, I, I come from a certain age. And so uh, I remember the time when J Jerry Springer, uh, when we were kind of, you know, it was, is this a man? Is a woman? It was like this sensationalism. This sensationalism. This shifted in a sense where it also was too. I'm just trying to be sensational, but the difference was that they were intentionally trying to show you as a human experience, which was mm -hmm. different than from previous times on on TV to me. Because, like I said, it was more focused on is this a man? Is this a woman? And da 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 da. This was. I'm a trans girl, so of course that's going to bring you sens sensationalism, but also I'm just trying to follow my dreams. It's not like, it, it's nothing like the weird shit that it used to be. So did you feel that going, coming into that space? How did you, do you have like fine memories about that experience and how they depicted you? Yeah, for me, you know, I was in a shelter. So I'm like, even saying yes to the opportunity, it took me a while because I just kept thinking, okay, I have to leave my job, leave the shelter. I saved up a little bit of money, but like, if I go and do this and everyone knows for sure that I'm trans, like, how is that going to affect my life and my safety? Um, if I don't win, especially. Um, so that was a little scary. It ended up being way scary once I got off the show and the beginning of cyberbullying started for the most part. But, um, I knew going in that I was really hungry to win and I needed it because I I had to figure out my life. Um, but on the show, while I was there, you know, I was in ballroom at the time. So I'm just focused, competitive, like, oh, these bitches, like, if it's fair, I'm going to eat it up. And that's what I kept thinking. Um, and yeah, it wasn't really until I saw a lot of the feed, like a lot of the stuff back when I watched it to, is when I saw a lot of the way people were feeling because, you know, I, I was a little timid, but not as timid as it looked, you know, like all this stuff wasn't really done for the most part in my face. Um, so, yeah, I think if that was the case, though, my experience would have been a little better. I mean, a little different, but I am happy that like at least I was viewed in a positive way because I still know girls who still get it to this day because Top Model is just that show that keeps coming back up. And if we could only get paid for that, you know, if I would I should be rich off the top. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. Anybody coming of age during the OOs, when I talk to them, when I talk to them, they mention you as one of the TV icons, you know, in this pivotal like trans explosion to happen 
in the 2010s because y'all mm-hmm. beginning when we think about you Jayla Sims Laverne Candace Kane y'all were in that tail end of the OOs the beginning of yeah. you know, now we know we, we got the poses and the you know this explosion of trans visibility but y'all were in, were in that beginning stages of it when you look back on that time what what's the feelings about it like did you know what was happening at the time I didn't know until I, I always tell this. I've told the story a million times. Um, it's literally uh, like Gaga's not a hundred people can be in a room, you know, but literally I got off and I remember on MySpace, like a month or so after the show, this young gay kid sent me a message and said he was about to commit suicide. And he saw my story and I let him know it was the light at the end of the tunnel. And that for me, was the shift for myself where I realized how big it was. Like, it was a global thing. I didn't realize that going in. I was just trying to survive and say, this is the opportunity. I love the show, and this is an opportunity I never thought I would get because I'm trans, but also I'm only 5'7". So, like, I'm, I'm, I was the shortest girl <clears throat> on, the, on my season, and, you know, I didn't even think even that. Like, okay, I'm short. I'm trans. Why would I think that I could be on this show? You know, so when I got off and so many people told me how it affected their life, even to this day, people, I remember someone was like, oh, I came from Asia and came to pursue my career in America because of you. Like, and it's during moments when I might need to hear it, because for me, being that early in the shift, cultural shift, it's like, yeah, yeah, I might have this moment where everyone know who I am, but they weren't giving, they wasn't paying me back then. You know, they, I, I just started making money the last few years, you know, so, and, and that's real. And I feel like that's something people don't talk about, but everyone has their own thing. But, you know, to be in a career and, and I got discovered being homeless. Like I come from a poor family. So for most of my career, I had to just, you know, take these things, you know, someone would tell me how it affected their life and it'll always come in a moment where I might be in a deep depression. Like, how am I going to continue to figure this out? And it just helped me continue to say, keep going, keep going. And sometimes people are like, oh, I don't see you. Where are you? Yeah, there weren't that many opportunities throughout. But so in between, I would have to like work jobs. And, you know, and whenever the opportunity would come, like when I went back to the salon, I would always come to this point where I'm like, I have stability now, but this opportunity is calling me. And I'm like, what do I do? It's so scary because it, it, it happened so much in my career. And then I would say, I feel like it's still more for me to do in my present. Like I didn't do all that to just stop or to just be scared. And even saying this right now is something I need to hear because my show just got canceled last month. You know, um, sometimes it's, it's just like, yeah, it's it's been a journey. But whenever I hear these stories, it reminds me that like I'm forging, I forged a path and I'm continuing to forge a path for so many people. And sometimes you don't get the payout you want or the payout when you think you deserve it. But as long as I continue to be positive and continue to make good moves and, and I, to me, be a good person and, and whenever I get on set, give 110%, everything will continue to unfold the way it's supposed to. And it might just take longer, but um, I, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And we tend to, um, as we're living life, we tend to t- kind of take opportunities as they come, not really on no fucking activist shit or um, just us trying to be seen or something like that. And recently, uh, 
when we're getting kind of this with this strike in Hollywood and with these, we're getting this kind of glimpse into the background life of actresses and, you know, producers and workers in the industry. Like, I didn't, I'm just now hearing about motherfuckers getting um, six cents residual checks and, you know, $3 residual checks in, in regards to that. So, I, usually when it comes to like Hollywood starlets and and stars, they have to give the air of success to be able, you know, to seem like the it girl, it seem like da, 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 da. So when you are giving that image, we don't get the real that. Yeah. That's why that guy who used to be on um, Cosby show, when they saw him working at Trader Joe's and that turned into this big old thing, it was like, shit, I got to pay bills. I got to work. Yeah. I'm not getting, I'm not getting, you know, opportunities in the same way, especially when we bring in the race and, 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 and stuff like that. I think this is the perfect time to bring in the Taraji P. Henson conversation to make the cultural connection here. So take a listen. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sisters say the same thing over and over. Um, you get tired. Mm -hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Yeah. Well, have to. Mm -hmm. The math ain't mathing. Mm -hmm. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Mm -hmm. Big bills come with what we do. Yes. We don't do this alone. The mm -hmm. fact that we're up, is a whole entire team behind That's us. Right. Yes. They have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million. No, that's not that. That didn't make it to their account. Mm -hmm. Know that off the top, mm -hmm. Uncle Sam is getting 50%. That's right. Okay? Mm -hmm. So do the math. Mm -hmm. Now we have $5 million. Mm -hmm. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting, off of what you grossed. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Mm -hmm. So... I just I'm I'm, a, I'm only human and and mm -hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break another glass ceiling when it's time to renegotiate I'm at the bottom again mm -hmm. like I never mm -hmm. did what I just did mm -hmm. and I'm just mm -hmm. tired, tired. Yeah. I'm tired mm -hmm. I'm tired mm -hmm. I get that I get that. it wears on you you know because mm -hmm. what does that mean mm -hmm. what is that telling me what is it telling me yeah and what does it tell me. Mm. Yeah, you know, and if I can't fight for them coming up behind me, then what the fuck am I doing? I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And so, how does all of this play into the trans narrative too? Because you know, at the we stand at the intersection of being women, stand at the intersection of being black, stand at the intersection of being trans. So how how have you experienced what all these actresses and actors are talking about? You kind of just um, went into that a little bit, but how has that really affected you? as a creator i really don't know how to answer that question i feel like i feel like every it's a day at a time for me <laughs> i feel like it's a day at a time where i'm just you know trying to find ways to be productive and to keep my head like in the game and focus and um <laughs> yeah that that's all i can really do you know mm. i feel like it's easy to kind of feed into the whole Instagram lavish thing and don't get me wrong some people might have that that kind of living or mindset but um I don't know I like to keep it real and and it, it's it's tough it's always been tough mm -hmm. I feel like the only time it's not tough is when like for me like when I'm in the middle of a job and I'm just like this euphoric like oh 
you know, I'm, I'm in this moment. Let me enjoy this and soak it up as much as I can. Every time I'm on set, they're like, oh my God, you bring so much this and that. I'm like, yeah, because like, this is a moment. Like, I'm so thankful for this moment because it's not guaranteed and you never know how long that moment is going to be. So how do I deal with it? Or how do I just, you know, I have an edible and curl up on the couch with my dog and find a good movie. For the guy, <laughs> you know, if I need to tear, tear, and just keep moving. I feel like in some ways I, I want to be. I'm really hungry when I get it, but sometimes I have to. I have to have a little bit more um, self motivation that I lack sometimes in order to like like do my own things, get my own projects and things off the ground. I think that's that's really where I need to be focusing on right now. But um. That's just me being real, you know? That's why I make sure whenever I do have an opportunity, I don't play. Yeah. I'm focused. I bring the energy to set. I'm focused. I'm prepared 110%. And, and also, a lot of times, that's the thing that gets you through. And it helps you with the next thing because your name starts to hold weight. And, and you start to have a reputation. So that's just also something anyone listening, it's important to know if you're coming into the industry or also any industry, you know, having a good reputation and always like bringing it when it's time for you to like do your job. Mm. It will take you so far because um, the job is not guaranteed. But when people you work with continue to do other stuff, you never know, they might think about you along the way for something um, because of your personality or how hard, how much of a hard worker you are. So coming out of the top model phase, you know, that's early 2010s. And then you kind of make this pivot into acting. You were on The Bold and the Beautiful. You were on Shameless. Um, one of the... Um, projects that I really, 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 really was so proud of you in was When They See Us um, by Ava DuVernay. And one and why I love that is because not only was it a, you know, a great movie and powerful story because it, you know, it's about the false imprisonment of those five, five exonerated teens um, and them getting out. I had no idea that there was a trans connection to that story because you play Corey Wise's trans sister mm -hmm. and, and and to pick that um and to pick that kind of unique experience and I just me being somebody who who loves and prides myself in sharing yo we are a part of the fabric of this country even though peripheral sometimes we have been we are you can't tell us we can't sell to y'all <laughs> that we have these disparities and we in the hood just like you and then you 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 not tell you not depict us in hood as stories and mm -hmm. so it just was a proud moment for me to see that so i really would love for you to hear um more details about that character that may have been cut from the film like what tell me a little bit more about her Funny story. I think I've said this in an interview, but no, like it hasn't been like a big thing. But I remember when Ava told me, you know, um, Corey's mom ended up having, you know, if you see at the end when she goes to visit him, she has another baby. Uh huh. The baby ended up transitioning also. Also? Word! But, but, but let me tell you where it gets crazy. 
I used to be at a go to a place called The Door at the same time, like when when I first started transitioning and before Top Model is like for up to 21 year olds, like after school and like different programs, you go in there to Vogue. If it's like it's like a little area for ballroom kiki people. Um, I used to Vogue with people. One of the people DM me and said, long time no see. Thank you for doing my sister justice. Her name was Vanity. And at the time she was doing drag when I knew her at the door, we used to be there and like Vogue together. And then she transitioned and Vanity is actually the sister. And I had no idea the whole time that years later I would end up depicting her older sister. And I actually knew her. So when she sent me that message and then right away, I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks like Corey. Like you could tell that they're related those they had like these hazel eyes and like this structure. And I was like, you know, at the time I was like 21. So she probably was like 17, maybe 16, 17. And it's like, oh my gosh, like that was just, it gave me, when she said that to me, it gave me chills. And I had to let Ava know, like Ava, I remember Ava saying, oh, Corey ended up having another trans sister. And I was like, Ava, I know her this whole time. So that experience, I remember telling my manager, um, I really wanted a role that allowed me to, you know, it was hard to kind of shake, not that I'm trying to shake top model because it's, it's iconic, you know, like, but, but I just wanted to be taken seriously as the actress. And I want to do something that outside of like glam, you know, like, okay, I want to do something else. So that popped up and I know I had to play pre-transition and I was like, I don't know, maybe younger me would have been nervous about it, but me, one in like media roles as an actor and really there really wasn't for me that many like it was just that shift was just starting to happen where trans women were getting like roles substantial roles right so when that happened i was like i really want this and i remember going in there and like i need this role i need this role and i feel like that was a shift i started acting like doing a few off-broadway plays in 2009 i did a short film in 2010 and i flew to the philippines in 2011 and shot an indie movie but i feel like all those years people you know nothing was really major but when that happened i was on screen for like 10 minutes and it really changed my life because that was really the moment after what 10 years pretty much i think at that point 11 years of acting and being in the industry that like people actually started to take me seriously as an actor and i feel like that role really shifted um me getting in the rooms and doing these meetings with the networks and eventually helping me to land with love which is my first series regular With Love is a series that follows a character, um, two characters, Lily and George, along like this, this, this kind of like, it's, it's kind of based in the holidays and, mm-hmm. and a close knit family and friend group that kind of navigate these kind of these moments. But you play Sol Perez and you are dating a guy named Miles. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about this, before I tell you what I love about it, Tell me how that opportunity came about. Okay, so um, during the pandemic still, I did the audition and then I didn't hear anything for like five weeks. So I just assumed like, oh, I really wanted this because I would say it's one of the first auditions where usually I was just saying I want to be able to play different things, right? But 
I also never saw a character that was just so gentle and loving, uh, described as the heart of the family with a, um, an amazing career as a doctor, you know, and also have the friends and a family and a partner. That's just something I'd never read for a character, you know, for a character I'm reading for. So usually I want something different, but this time I was like, oh no, I want that. I didn't even know in my lifetime I would really see as a series regular, I would really see that. Cause usually it's like, okay, but what's the plot twist? When is the ball going to drop? What what's going to happen to them? And this is like, no, nothing. They just, they are a wholesome person and they have this wholesome experience. And I'm like, really? So, so when I saw that, I was like, I, I want this. And I remember I found out five weeks later, it was a, a callback. And the callback was through Zoom with um, all of casting and Gloria Calderon Pellet, who is the show creator. And she has the funniest character in the show, um, Tia Gladys. I, I love Gloria. Um, and I never met her, though. So they came on and it was like all of them. And right before, my manager just gave me this little cross for Christmas. And I never even say this, but I was like, I'm on the phone with my manager. I'm like, hey, I'm about to do my Zoom. Can you, do you mind? I don't know if this is weird, but can you pray with me? I've never said that, you know, like, because it's just that a moment where I'm like, oh, this is a big deal. Rarely series regular roles rarely come through the pipeline for trans people, rarely. And then it's like, this is a callback. And it's like, through this, I can't meet them in person. So like, they have to really get to know. Because a big part of it is like, do they like you? You know? So she was like, yeah, let's pray together. And she said a prayer. And then I went on. I was like, okay. So we we did the meeting. And even at the beginning, before we started, we were just talking for a while. And Gloria was like, yeah. And so we're a little cross. I was like, oh my God, I have a little. And I went up to the screen like, look, I have a little cross that my manager just gave to me. And she was just telling me about this character and literally everything she was saying, except for being a doctor and having a partner. Um, everything. I was like, this is literally me. And, and I just, that's not something that's, we don't really ever see wholesome characters. We're always depicted as like bad or like, you know, like, oh, we're, we're there to like whip a motive. It's like, no, this character is just wholesome. And I'm like, I really want this. But like, it was just a lot of talking. Then I got off, I called my manager like, oh, that's so good. I don't remember how long after, but I remember my manager, some of my friends were over and I was up there like helping them with stuff, you know, just being the you know, giving them advice and stuff. And then somebody called, my manager called, and she's crying. I'm like, oh my God, somebody else. I'm like, how come everybody's calling me today with their stuff? You know, I'm like, okay, girl, hold on. Let me let me call you back. So I'm like, I'll be back, y'all. Brittany's crying. Let me... So I called her back. I was like, hey, Shagay. I was like, are you okay? What's up? She was like, you got it. And I still remember that moment. I just started crying. And, my, and it's like, you know, it's early. You didn't sign a paperwork. You don't want to tell your friends, but then like my one girlfriend is there. She knows she started crying and then she called the other girlfriend on a video and she's crying. And it was, uh, it was such just, uh, it was just a, it was just a moment. Like I will never forget because it's like, I manifested my whole career and this is something I've always wanted. And even during a time where trans people weren't getting series regular, you know, the, a trans woman getting a series regular still knew. You know, I think I feel like Amaya is the first one that, that got the series regular as like a black trans woman. But even outside of just black trans women, like I feel like it's still after like 2015, you know, it's like within the last eight, probably not even eight years, probably more like six years. 
Um, but it is something I've always, since I first started, like, okay, if I do this, what, what do I want out of all of this? So it was just one of those moments where it's like another milestone that hopefully will help it. Because people think I have it easy. And a lot of times now, because moments are happening, they're looking for the new ingenues. And I'm still fighting, you know, because I came out during a time where, the, you know, they wanted you there. They wanted to film you. They wanted you on the campaign, but they're not going to pay you. So it's not all about paying, but come on now. Like, it is. We need to survive. We got bills. <laughs> Shit, I want to live, at, you know, because once I get the house with the pool, it's a wrap. I'm never out the house. But, <laughs> but you know, um, but yeah, so it's like, I, and I'm also thinking like another milestone, hopefully to help it get easier for me. You know, and that's always how I'm thinking because, you know, you, I'm constantly feeling like I have to still prove myself, but that's why I always go in there and just Oh, you still got it. You still got that hunger. You still ready. Yeah, I'm still, I still want it. And, um, and also I feel like I had to move to LA and continue to do it because I was a big part of what's happening now. And if I put in all that, I'll be an idiot to put in all that work. And then when a shift started to happen and me not benefit from it too. So I was like, okay, girl, you got to, buckle down like move to la and like really do like start really auditioning and doing the thing because i, I saw a shift happening and i was like no nah, you put in too many years and too many like blood sweat and tears and taking so much of the hit you know publicly for me not to also step into those rooms and and reap some of the benefits as well that and you really just what i loved about the character that that is it's such a well-rounded character. And I know it's canceled now. We we did at least get two seasons. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, also, and also, it wasn't canceled because it was bad. You know, it came out right when the writer's strike started. And then a month later, the actor's strike started. So our show creator, Gloria, couldn't promote it. And then right when it came out, all the shows were already ended. You know, like all the talk shows were already stopping. And then the strike. So... We weren't really set up to succeed, but then when I look at so many other amazing shows that were canceled because of the everything that happened, it's kind of like, it, it is what it is, but hopefully, you know, it's enough footage and I continue to make a, enough name for myself to make it easier for me to, to continue to book um, other amazing projects and to work with amazing people that really felt like a family and have a show creator like Gloria who really just continue to champion and uh, like, champion for me and did i say that right champion for me yeah and you know she's amazing i've been lucky to have like tyra and ava and whoopi and now gloria like along yeah, my whoopi journey it's right mm -hmm. yeah tell us about that how was it was it working with her uh strut was an interesting situation strut made me realize like oh reality tv uh. <laughs> it's different than on top model where it's like they kind of let it happen just the way it's going to happen. Maybe they do certain things and make it fall in place. But for the most part, you put a whole bunch of young girls that never did anything in one house with different viewpoints. It's going to all happen. But with Strut, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, I went, on the, I went on the show already having a name. And I went, I moved to LA, like really for my acting, but I wasn't allowed to talk about it. I designed some stuff. I wasn't at the last second, they didn't promote my design. So I'm like, what am I here for? You're trying to put me in 
make me seem like I'm a part of a love triangle. I'm like, I'm Isis King. I'm not even that type of person, but I'm like, show me a little respect. Like, you know, you're utilizing me to help legitimize this situation, but then you're taking out all the things that are real to me. So, so it was a little disappointing. Um, but you know, everything happened the way it's supposed to happen. And it was lovely, um, working with, uh, Whoopi and, um, yeah. My dream is to see more well-rounded characters. I love that this is one of the first time we see like a, a romantic comedy type of situation with a trans woman. It was, that was dope. Um, I want more of that because that's what I love to see. I love to watch romantic comedies. So I want to see, I want to see more romantic comedies where it's like, you know, and also I want to see romantic comedies where we get the fine ass buff black guy too because you know it's like they we never see that you know um does this does this character seem like one of the ones that really reflect more of your life like currently yes you know you said i'm i'm not partner da 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 but at least you are a trans woman working in your career you're a trans woman that's kind of have family and friends that's kind of supporting you right now does this seem like it reflects you this character reflected you more Definitely. Yeah, I really, I really, especially for, see, I don't know if you saw season two, but for season two, I really came and, like, really settled into, but also Soul got really fab in season two because she went from being a resident to being, oh, they went from being a resident to being um, a full-on oncologist. So the coin up and, you know, even, like, the wardrobe and, like, the hair, but also I feel like Soul's confidence grew within their relationship, but also within their place as like a boss. So I love seeing that, you know, yeah, I'm the actor, but also just seeing the progression of the character. It was so lovely and so inspiring for me to kind of just, I'm like, oh, but also we knew Gloria so good. And I feel like sometimes like we would tell her stuff. And then because she's also the head writer, you know, she would start to make the characters mold them into more of who we are, which is like, Mm -hmm. that was a really fun experience for sure. Did you, there's another element that, and this is like a nuance. I am definitely not one of the people who is um, like Um, Mm anti-non-binary. I I think the non-binary experience is really, really powerful in dismantling some of the bullshit that comes along with the gender binary. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that there was, a, when I'm doing research on the character, I'm like, oh, she's trans non-binary. And I'm like, was that needed? What was that thing when you read that part of the character? Because you don't feel like a non-binary trans woman. You feel like a very binary trans woman. Adding the non-binary piece there, what was that for? Was there any pushback to that? What was, what's the point? So, so you know, so funny about the audition to go back. The first audition... I came, I came too non-binary. They when they called me back for the five weeks later, they was like, they they said, um, you know, a little bit more glam because I was like, oop, I was a little too real for them, you know, like, cause at the time I was going through like, you know, I have gray areas too, you know, that people, I mean, social media don't really care about it. So it's like, of course I'm a post when I feel the most glam or uber femme, but like at the time I had like my short hair. And I had like little teeny short curls. I had like a sweatshirt, no makeup. I was given very much when they see us. <laughs> and and, and they, they liked it, but it was like, okay, a little bit more. God said, oh, they want a little bit more of the binary aspect. So 
So I was there, but but I see, but the final character, even coming into season two, where I saw Soul get more sexy, like with that green Dolce outfit, I was like, uh-huh. oh, <laughs> like they just, I feel like, I feel like costumes and glow, like everybody just started having so much fun. They wanted to see get bigger and bigger. And, you know, for where we started, what I thought the character was, it was way different. So I just feel like it, it represents maybe so many people who, feel unheard and so many non-binary people who look binary you know um they also just feel feel heard and i feel like because it started to be such a fight not be, not with uh with love um but such a fight within the community about that i was like oh wow okay there are so many people who feel unheard and unseen and we should how can we be the ones to do that to them don't we know how it feels i love that you know don't get me wrong are the experiences different for some people? Absolutely. But, you know, still to other people who, who are telling you how they express themselves, you know, that's not fair to them, you know? Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed it. And I, I honestly enjoy just like with when they see us, I start to really push into it. Like, okay, for season two, I want to wear, I want to wear like a suit with a button up and a tie. Can we do that? Or I want to wear, like, oh, we're going to be femme for this event, but this one, you know, because I love, I love masculinity too. So I, it was really fun. I feel like we could have even went further with the non-binary stuff, but also the show, just two seasons were only 11 episodes altogether. So I feel like it, each season we kind of just tapped into it more. We could have went even further, but um, there was a conversation with Miles in season two talking about love and being non-binary and our writer for soul for all the non-binary um combo um jt who is non-binary so so they really and even at one point it was some verbiage in there that i thought was a little maybe going to cause a little bit of confusion within the trans community and non-binary community so even blur was like go talk to jt so we went and we talked about it and they actually adjusted the dialogue so that i mean people are still going to say like well what's the point da, da, da. but at least within a dial, it was something about trying to tell Miles that because I'm this way, you need to identify that way. And and I felt like that was a little bit of a problem for me. So it was tweaked in a way where it's saying, look, I can't, look, Miles, I can't tell you how, how to identify. I'm just telling you how I feel. Like, this is me, blah, 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 blah. And it's like just a little shift and to even be in a place where I can talk to them and they adjust it because they've been respectful. And also I'm being respectful to this person we're just having a dialogue and we adjust it. it it made me feel really good because i don't even think it's season one like i was just like it's my first series regular i don't want to lose it I, i'm just gonna be <laughs> on time and do everything i'm gonna study i'm gonna be you know and season two i was really sold and really present in the experience and it, it felt really magical and i think it really helped me to become a better artist so that for my next project I'm also not afraid to speak up if I feel like something, because it's still the community looking at it. And if it's something that is not going to work or make sense for uh, who's the one they're going to say, say something to not them. It's going to be me because I should have caught it. Yeah. You know? it's my, and, um, and I think we do have a responsibility to that. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like some of us utilize that. Some of us know we have a responsibility. Some of us don't care. But for me, my whole career is based on being authentic and and standing up and, and pushing the needle forward for my community. So for me to just do something and not, it's been roles where 
that were like, oh, we want you to refill this. And I'm like, I've gotten to a one time manager and we had a, we, we really had a tough little patch because I was like, this is problematic. And if I do that, it's not going to look good for the community. And also, I don't feel like that would be with that director. I would be in a safe space to feel confident enough by myself if I was doing that job to really speak up by myself. It's different being here and my man, everybody's here, but like being on set is a, a little vulnerable, you know, yeah. and, and to already see some verbiage that's really problematic. And I'm like, I can't do it. And it's like, it was right before with love. It's like, yeah, I needed that job, but I also feel like this is going to put us back and I can't be the one saying that. I'd rather a girl who don't care, you know, not either want to do it, but, but not me because it's not going to look good. And I don't want it to ever be anything out there that I, where I'm making my community look bad or I'm going to, I'm going to push a narrative that we're tricking people. Uh-huh. Or, or you know, anything that that is gonna make us where it's like, oh well, blah 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 blah, and it's like, no, I, if somebody else is gonna do it, let them do it. But I always want to be able to say like, wow, everything I did is like, I'm really trying to help the community as much as I I can. And you're proud of it. And I'm proud of it. Boom. So what's next? What's next on your agenda? Are you working on anything new that you can talk about or even like your goals for the future? Like what would you love to do? Well, I just shot a short film a few weeks ago, which was really cool because I got to do full prosthetics and um, be like a creature. It's like a horror. And anybody that knows me know like I'm such a geek. Like I want to be a superhero. I want to be like a creature. I just want to be something different, you know? So um, that was really fun. I'm excited to see how that all turns out. And I think everyone is going to be really shocked when they see it. Cause you know, like I really, I was in it. Mm. Um, and I, and I hope that when it comes out, it's a short, but I hope that, you know, it, we see what happened with it or at the very least I'll have that footage to continue to help push me out of the box of like, oh yeah, I could pull myself together, but I don't always want to just be looked at like, oh okay, well, she's a model. It's like, I'm an actress, you know, and, and I want to, you know, I want to do it all. I really want to, for the future, hopefully I can get into some action stuff. And I just started to work on that craft on my own, um, just to make sure that when that opportunity, because I manifested everything else. So just to make sure when the opportunity comes, um, I'm as prepared as I can be. So I just, started um working on myself and on my own time um just to make sure that because that's gonna happen um and also just you know i want to do more rom-com stuff but being a superhero being an action hero those are things like kidding me it's like so i've checked so many things off already so it's like that's next and hopefully uh, it just continue to get easier and the coins continue to get bigger yeah. And, um, you know, one day I could have the house with the pool. So on my off time, I could just never leave. <laughs> you know what? What I would love to see, and I'm surprised that somebody hasn't remade it. I would love to see remade um, Sleepaway Camp. Do you remember Sleepaway Camp? Is it scary? Yes, it's a scary movie. See, that's the thing. I don't like scary stuff. I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I'm a scaredy cat. I, but... But my best friend, he loves horror and he loves my reaction to scary stuff. So he's always like, I can't wait for you to do something scary because it's going to be, I'm like, 
No, because I'm a scaredy cat. So, you know, with this, with this uh, thing I just said, I was, I'm not a monster the whole time. You'll see me go through like the scared phase and then the monster thing. But um, I would, I just, yeah, I want to do anything that's going to challenge me. And yeah, I want to, I want to do all genres, really. Mm. I really want to do more rom com stuff too. Yeah, I th- I feel like that. We, we need a lot more of that. We just need to see. I feel trans like we need love. to see. We, the, need, to we see need to see love. trans. We need to see the trans people win. We need to see the trans people in love. You know, um, I feel like sometimes seeing rom coms is the thing that keeps me like, oh, it's possible. Or seeing another one out of trans siblings, like, oh, they found it. It's possible. And I just feel like more of that. But also, we just have so many stories. Of trying, you know, of of trying to be open for love, and I feel like it's an abundance of that. So, um, yeah. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Give me, give me. And the high you never come down from whoa, whoa, whoa. So what we like to do at the end of the show is to so you know because of our when it comes to our public life and our public there's always always some trauma porn, always some kind of um you know some negative connotation and disparity that we're sharing and da 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 while that is real that is honest that is true i like to end the show because we focus on so much of the gender dysphoria Mm -hmm. i end the show with a segment called euphoria and so Mm -hmm. right so tell me in the past couple of weeks month weeks whatever what has been bringing you euphoria it could be the most mundane it could be Whatever it is, what has been bringing you joy? What has been bringing Isis King joy in her life now? Uh, what's been bringing me? Well, okay, so this past week I went back to New York and I got to see um, my best friend, Corey, and I got to see my little brother and we all spent time together. And um, my little brother really needed a hug and I gave him a, a really big hug. He kind of broke down in my arms. And I kind of laughed at him because I was like, boy, oh, my God, oh my, you know, like, because I've realized I've gotten, being out here in L.A., I've been here for seven years, I've I've always been really affectionate, but I've gotten a little colder, I guess, because I'm so used to not having that here. Like, I have a dog, but I'm so used to not really having it here and being so isolated. So I remember, like, I feel like he needed that. And then I went to my, my best friend's house afterwards. And we talked about it. And then I actually did have a little breakdown. And I gave my best friend a big hug and like just like helped me. And I just like cried and I, you know, had this moment. And it made me realize that like, wow, we really, we really need that, you know? And it just reminded me that like how much love I have to give and how much love, you know, is needed in the world right now and in this really horrible time. So I feel like, I mean, I don't know if that really, if that really answered the question, but just really, just really giving my brother and my best friend, like some affection and getting it back from them. Um, Especially with so much happening right now. that was really, really beautiful. And then I have, I actually have another one. No, no, I said that. Yeah. 
so right after the show got canceled, um, right, I think it happened like the day before Thanksgiving. Um, so then right afterwards, I have a, a new friend who I met through my friend Kaylin, who played one of my best friends on the show. Um, we went to Disney with Angelica and like a couple of his friends and one of his friends, Philemon, who's an actor as well. He like, we've got really cool from, um, from our trip to Disney a few months ago. And he had a show and I, his show got canceled last, like at the end of last year, if I'm not mistaken. So when my show got canceled, you know, people are just like, you know, they send the right comments underneath or whatever. No one really checked up on me, which is fine because in my industry, it happens, you move on, especially within the community too. I feel like not too many of our sisters supported it, which is, you know, and I kind of had this thing sometime where I feel like I always support, I try to support the girls as much as I can. I don't really feel like it really comes back. So I, in general, I'm not used to whatever, but I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. I just have to keep going. And also so many of my friends in LA are actors and it's just like, whatever, you know, everyone, everyone shows getting canceled, whatever. But Philemon, he texted me and called, he was like, hey, can you talk? And I picked up, he was like, how are you? I'm like, eh, yeah. And he was like, you know, well, I know how it feels, you know, when my show got canceled um, last year. And he was like, what are you up to? I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just chilling. And he was like, well, I'm gonna get you out the house. Cause also I'm a homebody. But, you know, it was a different, it was a different day. You know, I, I feel like I knew the show probably wasn't going to come back, but it just caught me off guard. So he was like, I'm going to get you out the house. And we have never hung out one-on-one -on -one before, you know? So, and, you know, we get to a certain age where it's like, you know, you new for, you don't really want too many new friends, you know? So he was like, I'm going to come and get you. We're going to go eat. So he picked me up and we went and ate. And then we like walked around and like, we didn't shop, but we walked around and stuff. And that really, I didn't realize how much I needed that for a friend to just say like, hey, you know, it's very New York. I feel like on the West Coast, it's different, you know? Um, so to just have a friend just say, hey, I see you and like, let, let's go do so. Let's just go hang out like and get your mind off of it. it and I remember messaging him the next day. It was like, I really needed that. And it really made me feel good. So to piggyback off like that to go into New York and to see my brother and my best friend and to like get that love and validation and um, it feels nice. And I feel like it like those little moments sometimes are what we need to kind of just keep us charged up. And um, also for me to remember like you need hugs sometimes. <laughs> That there's literally yeah. some science behind that. Yeah. It's literally like they're babies who survive, like premature babies, they they survive more when their parents touch them. Like there is science behind I, I get it. Yeah. I feel like I didn't really realize until now because before moving out here, I, I had an abundance of it. Even like I worked at Mac and like most of my girlfriends from New York, we were working at Mac together and we were always like it was a group of us. We were always up under each other. You know, I will always be up under my best friend, Corey. And like, so before I moved out here, I always just naturally had that. And moving to like LA and being here for so long now, and I'm just like, it feels foreign a little bit. And I, it just reminded me that I, I can't let that fill in. Mm. You know, I can't let that fill in take over. Zeus, come. He's been good the whole time, but it's like, okay, I just, and then I have my little baby and he's been, you know, he's a lot sometimes, but Let me you see know, him. 
but he's here with me. He was just annoying me right before I got on, but I made him go lay down. But it's like, even even sometimes now having a dog and sometimes he want to be all over me. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too. And I'm like, I was always like super affectionate. So even this is helpful, but I'm like, it's just, with something is good, um, something is good in my life is affection. And knowing that, that we as people, especially, you know, trans people who sometimes we tend to isolate or, you know, be away or feel like, you know, we're othered or people don't care about us. Sometimes you have to remind yourself that you need it and just to find it in a, in a really genuine loving place to kind of just help you stay grounded and help you to stay in the love because it's, you know, we live in a world that constantly tell us that we're not good enough. So it's important to just allow that affection and allow yourself to continue to be in the light. Mm. I, my euphoria this week is the same exact thing. My little brother, he has turned into one of my closest confidants. This, um, this time of our, this is the third anniversary of our mother passing. And, and it has made us get closer and we were already close, but it has made us get closer and us being able to um, talk, we talk about some of the most random stuff that I, I haven't been able to talk to him about and him being an adult now and and because um, I got custody of him when I was 21 and um, him being a grown man with his own family and we're discussing parenting and doing parenting different than our mother did and just how many years apart are you all? We are nine years apart. Okay, okay. And so, and so us talking about his parenting and doing something different and talking about sex in a different open way, him being a cis heterosexual man and me being a trans woman and us talking about sex and the nuances of sex are di- our particulars and not being it not being awkward and we actually just humans talking about us, our sexual experience. Um him, his love life and him being in a healthy relationship and me sharing, you know, my intimate, affectionate people. I want to say my partner, but, you know, my, my dating life, he has become one. I, I, one of the things that has always been elusive is male friends. And he has literally become one of my cishet male friends that I never really got to have without kind of either them being freaky and da 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 or you know literally becoming a confidant on in in a male that's a confidant and that uh-huh. that is my euphoria and the affection and just us our relationship getting deeper is bringing me euphoria this week tell I us that oh i do too it just it's, it it has shifted my heart in a way it is a shit. Not that I haven't always loved my brother and we've been close. No, but but, but I get it. That's like my my best friend. He's um, he's gay, but mm-hmm. but he gives me kind of like that, yeah. like you said, like that had a like the you know hetero kind of. He's just giving me that male energy, that protect that protective energy, um, that just make me feel so calm and like um, confident. We need that. We yeah. need. As women, as people, as, you know, we need that. So tell the people where they can find you. Hi, people. (laughs) You all can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Not on Twitter no more. I mean, I don't know if I'll pop back on, but, you know, I have to get off recently because of 
Elon and you know, anyway. Um, you all can follow me there, Miss Isis King, M S I S I S K I N G. Oh, God. Thank you, Isis. I, this has been a dream come true. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for spending time with me. And on short notice, I just lit your DMs. You was like, oh, I could do it Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, I, well, my birthday was October 1st, and I told myself this is the year of yes. So, I mean, I'm not saying yes to every single thing, but, but um, you know, I already knew you and already, you know, I, I wanted, I would love to do this. So, um. I'm just trying to just be in my yes era. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy we did it. It was way different. I thought like like just girls chat. And I love that because we don't have enough of just that. It's always, you know, I see a lot of the, the white actresses like get to just do their thing. And, you know, whenever I see us, like our interviews have to be so trauma-y. And it's like, why can't we ever just have one where we're just talking about how are you doing? Tell me about, you know, like where it's just more like like with love you yeah, know yeah. and so i appreciate that this is like that's what it's about we're just talking about life yes well i am grateful for that yes and uh i, I just can't wait to see what's next for you thank you for joining us i appreciate you so much and i want to do that trip like you did to egypt ah, that looks so it was good. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> thank you Sister, hey sister, hey sibling.